Welcome to Tea Time with Mary. I'm your host, Mary Jolkowski. I'm a former bikini fitness model turned self-love advocate. And this is the podcast that'll inspire you to love yourself. Hey friends, before we begin, I just wanted to let you know that this podcast episode is sponsored by my favorite books. Not literally, but I did create a book list for you with all of my favorite books for self-love and body image and self-confidence and just overall self-healing and growth. I am a huge personal growth person. And to be honest with you, a lot of the things that I talk about come from the books that I've read. I'm a big reader and I always tell my little sister, readers are leaders. And I love audiobooks. I love book books. I love Kindle. I love all the forms of books. Just give me all the goods. So I decided to create a book list for you with my top 25 favorite books. And I actually add to this list. So there's probably going to be more than 25 books on it. But I have narrowed it down to top 25 books that you need to read to start the self-love journey. I'm not saying you have to read all the books right now, but you should have this list handy dandy for when you're getting a book on Amazon or shopping in your Audible or whatever. So I've created this book list and you can get it at maryscupoftea.com slash books. And I will also put it in the show notes. And let me know how you like these recommendations by screenshotting what you're reading and tagging me in your Instagram stories. I always love seeing you use my recommendations. It just makes my whole day because we're like a little community. So anyways, maryscupoftea.com slash books. Go get it. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Mary's Cup of Tea, the podcast. Today, I'm with a very special guest, Shannon Kayser. Shannon, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for being here. It's awesome to be here with you. Thank you for having me. So if you've ever Googled, not you, Shannon, well, maybe you Google yourself, but (laughs) if you ever Googled best self-love books, Chances are you've come across Shannon's book, which is called The Self-Love Experiment. And it was also one of the first books that I read years ago at the beginning of my self-love journey. So this is just a big full circle moment for me. And I'm so honored and grateful that you're here, Shannon. It's such a full circle moment for me too, because it is my greatest honor to be able to do the work I do and see other people step into their truth and their light and start to shine even brighter in their self-love experience. So thank you for having me on your show. Uh, I, I have goosebumps. <laughs> Energetic hug over here. <laughs> sure. um, for those who may not be familiar with you formally, I just want to read your bio. Uh, Shannon Kayser is the best-selling author of five books on the psychology of happiness and fulfillment, including the number one bestseller that I mentioned, The Self-Love Experiment and Adventures for Your Soul and Joy Seeker. As an international self or as an international life coach, speaker, and retreat leader, I was going to say self-love coach because that's how often I say that. As an international life coach, speaker, and retreat leader, she helps people trust and believe in themselves so they can live their highest potential. She's been named a top 100 woman to watch in wellness by Mind Body Green and your go-to happiness booster by Health Magazine. She has also been recognized as a must-follow Instagram account for inspiration by Entrepreneur Magazine and a top Facebook account for daily motivation by Mind Body green you can find her at her website playwiththeworld.com i love that and follow her on social media which is at shannon kayser writes and all your posts and captions are just so like they definitely speak to the soul and i love following you not just for self-love but for everything 
inner peace and happiness and joy related. And you can tell by your website, like playwiththeworld.com. I love that. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, it's definitely, it feels mission driven to me. You know, I haven't always done this work. And actually 10 years ago, I was in a completely different career. I was in advertising and it resulted in being diagnosed with clinical depression and extreme anxiety. I suffered silently from drug addiction and eating disorders. So it was a very dark time and very different than what I'm experiencing now. And I went on really a personal growth journey and surrendered to the experience that I wasn't living the life I was made for. And that really opened up to, well, who are you? What do you really want? You've been just doing what society thinks you should want and look at what it's created. And that was the turning point. And it was the most beautiful moment for me because I started to say, you know what? Life can be more meaningful. And so it's an honor to do this work because it doesn't feel like work at all. Yeah. What helped you realize that? I know... Um for me personally, I think a lot of people picture turning points as these like really crazy big events. And yeah, sometimes that's the case. But I think my biggest takeaway from your book is that um, it's often the micro shifts, the little conversation that you have with a loved one, the, the maybe one therapy or coaching session or just something you read or something you just woke up with. Like what happened for you specifically 10 or so years ago when you made that shift? You know, it's interesting because it is all about the micro shifts that add up together. And it's, I often say, we learn the way on the way. So all these steps we take together create the experience of that breakthrough. For me, I call them pivotal moments. And I had a pivotal moment where when I was diagnosed with clinical depression and the doctor gave me the prescription, I had this overwhelming sense of relief because it was like, finally, there's something that is diagnosed. This isn't just me in my head. But then it's interesting because I went to the pharmacy to try to fill the prescription, but there was literally an energetic force field in front of me that was preventing me from going in. It was the craziest thing. Other people were going in, but that moment, my inner voice and some force bigger than me said, this, there's another path for you. Now, by all means, I have many um, friends, coaches, and you know, clients who are on medication. Everyone has to find their own journey and what's right for them. But for my specific journey, it was about a soul searching kind of a spiritual awakening that needed to happen. And so I went inward. So that was a pivotal moment. That night, I tried to do what I had done before. You know, I fell into the habit of crying on the bathroom floor, saying it's exhausted to live this life. But there was a moment of full surrender and inner peace filled me and the room felt like love. So I felt like it was my higher self, God, angels coming in and saying, you know what? And I heard the voice, follow your heart. Everything will fall into place. And since that day, literally October 10th, 2009, Every I have been following my heart and it's turned into the most magnificent life. And so I think we all, we hear this, it's cliche, follow your heart, you know, but really so many of us are living for what we think the world needs and wants of us. We're not actually living from our heart out. We're letting the world tell us. So that was a turning point for me. Uh, I think the most extraordinary spiritual teachers and thought leaders and something I see in you is that you're able to take the cliches and make them real so that it, they land and so that they're not cliche anymore so that it's not just follow your heart because it sounds cute on a Pinterest quote, but here's like what actually happens when you come to that moment of awakening. Yeah. Yeah. And it's true. And I think that's, that's the point too, where we often look outside of ourselves with these motivational quotes or 
it looks like they have it all figured out. But the truth is, it's about our own story. And from a very beginning of my life, I've gone through a lot of experiences. And when we start to look inward, instead of going outward, we start to recognize that our story matters. And so flash forward, I think it was about four years after I left corporate and I was starting to coach and I was working on my first book that was out in the world when I was on book tour. The book was called Find Your Happy. I literally had learned how to find my happiness. I was no longer depressed. My eating disorders were were balanced and in check and I was past all the drug addiction. And I was getting ready to go on a morning television show in Seattle to talk about happiness. And I remember looking in the mirror and having a breakdown. Here I was, a teacher of self-love and happiness, really, crying. And I, I said, I, I can't even say something kind about myself. How can I possibly talk to people on, on a show, on television, thousands, millions of people watching, talk about happiness when I don't even love myself? And that was a huge monumental, pivotal moment in my life, one of the biggest ones, because I recognized that without, we're chasing happiness, but without self-love, it's fleeting. So I went on what I literally wrote a whole book about, a mission uh, to find self-love and become my own best friend and see myself the way my dog sees me. And so it it turned into my life becoming a self-love experiment, which turned into actually finding and discovering real self-love. Was that the moment that you decided to do the self-love experiment? It was. In that moment, I had no idea that I was going to be working on another book. It's interesting because I was working on another book already, Adventures for Your Soul, which is all about taking our mental habits uh, that are stopping us and transforming them in our heart, retraining your brain. But there was a chapter in there called Me Matters. And it was the the most difficult chapter for me to write because it's all about self-love. And so I realized that that chapter on that book needed to be its whole book, a whole book on itself. Yeah. Wow. So what, like, what started to change in your life when, did you start writing the book as you were kind of going through that journey with yourself or was it like one after the other and what started to change or open up for you? Well, it's interesting because just the way my career is, I'm often writing two books at a time, one that's already with the book publisher. And then the idea that comes about what I'm living through, you know, it's yeah. interesting how the publishing, as you know, kind of works. It's on a little bit of a delay, like two, three years past what, what you're going through. For me specifically with the self-love experiment, I literally wrote that book as I was going through the experiment. So I talk about the little shifts that we can take. And I say in the book very clearly, I needed to approach self-love the way a scientist approaches kind of an experiment, right? They have a goal or a hypothesis they're working towards, but each kind of trial and manipulation of chemicals or whatever, maybe each thing that they try doesn't always work, but they don't look at that as failure. They just say, I have now learned one other thing that doesn't work, which means I'm closer to discovering what will. And I took that approach to finding self-love because at that point, I hated myself. I blamed my body for everything. I thought it was the cause of all of my relationship troubles. I thought that, you know, if only I could fix my body or lose weight. And at that time, I was extremely fit because I was doing triathlons and I was running marathons but it was always, I needed something to blame. And so looking outside of myself was really the the corporate there. And it was an inward journey I took. Self-love is about going inward. And I discovered the principles that I share in self-love. Self-love experiment is principles for loving yourself. And one of them is thinking we don't have a choice is a choice. 
And for so long, I didn't love myself because I thought, I don't have a choice. It runs in the family, this obesity on one side, my mom's side. And, and I don't have a choice because, you know, I've tried to lose weight and those diets don't work, whatever we tell ourselves. And so I realized, wait a second, this is a choice by me participating in that story. So I reclaimed my power and started to say, well, what story do I want to write? What is the truth here? Changed everything. Wow. Thinking we don't have a choice is a choice. That reminds me of something I've always lived by, which is it's not change that's hard. Change is easy. It's the decision to change that's hard. Mm -hmm. Like everything up to it. But once you make the decision to love yourself, then everything starts to unfold quite literally. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's interesting because once you make the decision to love yourself, and it is a decision, but it's a, it's a choice we make daily for the rest of our lives. You know, there's always, that's, that's the change too. And in the self-love experiment, I talk about how this is forevermore a commitment to yourself. You're showing up and saying, I deserve my love and attention and I want to be my best friend. And it's a choice, like you said. And so it's, it's so interesting when we come to it thinking that there's going to be some magic bullet, some, ma the, the reason the self-love experiment, I think is, is such a beautiful book and kind of it takes people on a journey to recognize that life is a journey. And we've been conditioned to think that there is a magic bullet, whether it's in that diet, that goal weight, that boyfriend, that bank account number. It's always this thing that's going to fix us. But that's not how life works. And so it's a beautiful mind shift that happens when you give yourself permission to say, you know what, I'm showing up for the journey. Here I am. Like, I'm now getting working on my seventh book that's going to be out next year. And it's so interesting to see how what we're going through in 2020, how self-love shows up, right? And how we're constantly, almost like an onion, peeling back the layers to get even more authentic with our self-love experience. Yeah, that's so interesting that you bring up the, the choice too, because I literally wrote down in my notes in preparation for this conversation that I love that quote. Self-love is not a place we get to, but a place we choose. And I put the follow-up question, can you speak more into this? Which you are. Yeah. yeah. And that's exactly it, though. It is a place that we wake up every day and commit to. I think it's important to realize our perceptions of how we see the world matters. And when we start bringing more love to how we see the world and how we bring love to ourselves, things start to change. So when you wake up in the morning, especially this year, right, with 2020 and all the things that are happening out in the world, are we focusing on gloom and doom or are we consciously choosing love? And the stronger our self-love practice is, the easier it is to extend that love out into others and the more peace we have. So it's a beautiful process. You're, you're being the light in an often dark world, if you will. Yeah, for sure. What does your self-love practice look like today? I guess it's a decade, more than a decade into your journey. What are some like really critical components? Yeah, well, I think when you when you tie it back to the decade, a decade ago, painting the picture of I was addicted to pills, I was um, extremely anorexic, and then would go into phases of bulimia. I was constant pendulum swing. I hated my relationships. I thought everyone, you know, the world was out to get me, and I hated my career. And I cried myself to sleep every night. Now, with self love, it is such a different experience. I go to bed with such love in my heart for a, a day that is fulfilling, 
that is rewarding, that is full of, of a commitment to service, of helping others, but also of joy in my own life and happiness. My, I wake up every morning, first thing I do is, is have this joy in my heart because I am full of love for myself. I cuddle with my dog, who's an adventure, he's a rescue dog, he's my adventure buddy. And I just, I thank the universe, I thank God for a beautiful day ahead, no matter what, even today in this extreme time that we're living through, even today specifically. And then I take care of myself. Every choice I make from what I put into my body, whether it's starting with coffee and, or, um, you know, I do love my coffee. And I think this is a point. There's a lot of, in the community, I have friends that are like, it's addicting. Try to get off of it. It's bad spiritually. Here's the thing I talk about in the self-love experiment is self-care is not a prescription. It's a, it's not a one size fits all. The most important thing is for us to find within us what feels loving and joyful. And when I put things in my body, I have so much love for it. I used to hate ice cream because I thought and pizza because I thought it was making me fat. But now I'll have one bite and put the container back because I have a respect for it and I love it and I appreciate it. And so it's about changing our mind to the things we thought were bad to appreciating them because they're love and they're made from love. And so now I I even go as far as thinking, you know, the people who made the whatever I'm putting in my body. And I do have a very, this year with 2020, I've gotten into even a deeper level of detoxing my inner world. So getting rid of um, toxic thoughts of of course, but also, you know, toxic chemicals. And so I drink a healing water every day and I make sure to move my body. I exercise every day and I'm not training right now, but I remember that I used to train for stuff and that gave me a focus. And so I put myself on a training schedule like, um, so I, one day will be a certain amount of miles and that helps me. And then every day I meditate, but my meditation is very different. I don't light a candle or sit and try to ohm out. I used to try to do that and it would drive me nuts. Now it's just a peaceful connection within and kind of a prayer to the universe or just connecting in and kind of sending love out to, for the highest good of all involved and connecting. So that's pretty much what the day looks like. And a hot bath. I love my baths. Nature walks as well are every day because I have my dog. <laughs> Speaking of baths, we were thinking about getting rid of our bathtub. And my boyfriend's like, what if we just got rid of it? Did a giant shower? He's like, you never use the bath. And I'm like, the thing about baths is that you never want one until you do. <laughs> right? Like yeah. when you want one and the bath's not there, I'm going to be pissed. Yes, it's a non-negotiable. <laughs> and I'm like, literally, I probably took maybe three baths in the past year, mm-hmm. um, but like really good baths and I need that bath and I'm very married to it. <laughs> yeah, and it's the thing you start to, that's the thing, it's about like having a self-care routine. I talk mm-hmm. about the me matters, non-negotiable list. And this is a very important part of the self-love experiment as well. And anybody on a self-love journey, create a list of five to 10 things that are non-negotiable for you and your own self-care. Yeah. And one of the things that we often overmiss is doing the things we love. Mm-hmm. I love writing and I love helping people. So my coaching practice where I get to meet people on Zoom and work with them and write every day, this is my fulfillment. What is your fulfillment, right? Like, and we ask ourselves this, and if we're living a life that is like super on our self-care routine and we're checking all the boxes, but we're not 
actually loving or participating in our dreams or focusing on maybe growing ourselves as, as a person, then there's still something missing. Mm-hmm, for sure. It's like, it's not, it's not just the bubble baths. It's like what, right. What you do every day, like the bigger picture of it all. And I recently started challenging myself to do things I love just because I love them. Um, because similar to you, I love what I do. And I feel like like every day, it's just like such an amazing day. Like, I don't think I've, I never have a bad day just because I also took that out of my vocabulary. I always say bad moment or bad five minutes or whatever. Um, but it feels like every day there's always something really good and really exciting. And I know I'm so privileged and blessed and honored to be here. And at the same time, I'm like, well, everything that I do, it brings me joy, but it's also for work. What if I did something just because I love to do it, just because I want to for no other reason besides I just want to. And for me, that was ballet. Now I do ballet once a week. And I'm the worst one in there. I'm so bad. We have two students from the New York City Ballet right now who all their shows are canceled. So they're in Arizona with their family. And they're, they're literally like have been dancing 30, 40 years at the New York City Ballet. And then there's little Mary. And I haven't danced in years. But still, it just makes me happy. Yeah. Like it just brings me joy. And that has been a huge part of my just self-love practice that wasn't, hasn't been so real the past couple of years and like trying to help other people with self-love. It's like, it's so important to do, do things just because we want to, just because we choose to. Yeah, that's so important. And I love that you're dancing because I think we all have these things and they're in our hearts what ifs the the part of us when we were children the thing we love to do and returning to that and there's a whole section in the self-love experiment where I talk about like just getting in touch with your inner child right in fact one of the principles is be who you needed to be when you were younger and I feel like the little ballet and the little princess ballerina Mary is like so happy now and and here's the thing about that though when we do these things, it's about releasing the expectation. And one of the biggest blocks to reaching self-love is our comparison. And we see it on social media or in dance class or, you know, someone who's doing what you want or has the relationship you're trying to get. We look outside of ourselves at what everyone else has, and then it makes us feel less than, or we try to compare ourselves and say, oh, well, I got it, you know, up, up and on. The, the thing there is there's two ways that we can really move back into self-love is one, it's like the namaste approach. Like I recognize the light in you. I see the light in me. Like I respect you on your journey. But when what we see in other people, I know in self-love for me, one of the biggest barriers was I would always compare that person. They can eat anything and they, they don't have to worry about their weight or that person just automatically has the best relationship. How did she find her soulmate so soon? Or, you know, and the, the block there is we're still looking outside of ourselves. And when we can see that what other people are showing us is a mirror of what we are working towards, then we can start to say, well, wait a second, they're showing me what's possible. Mm-hmm. So I remember feeling very frustrated in my self-love journey because up until I found self-love, I thought that number on the scale was why I didn't have a, a, a boyfriend or soulmate. And it was because if I didn't lose weight, then I couldn't be happy. I think I saw, I think on your Instagram, you had posted something along the lines about, you know, choosing love with your body and, and um, it's not determined on our, on our size. So changing your mindset to really focus on I am enough as I am is a big part of that. But when you see other people who have what you want, it's thank you. It's a gratitude approach instead of a jealous approach. That's true self-love. And then you return back to you and say, you know what? 
I'm my own best friend. I actually love my life. I'm doing really good. And you start to just, you know, go on dates with yourself or whatever it is you're working towards. Yeah, for sure. What, um, like, what if somebody doesn't feel like they're living their best life, especially now? Um, and when they compare, sometimes, I know for me, this used to come up a lot, being in such a dark hole that I couldn't even like picture saying thank you to the mirror, right? To the person who's showing me um, what I want because I just felt like it was so out of reach. Um, And I think right now, especially, we know that depression, anxiety rates are through the roof and that everybody's dealing with stuff, whether it's with family and friends and coronavirus and staying home and lack of connection and job loss and changes. And like, it's so many things. Um, If somebody is in just a really dark place, what are some things that we can do to start to crawl out and see the light? Um, Because I think, yeah, I think so, so many times people listen to say a podcast episode or watch a YouTube video and they're like so lit up in the moment, but then like a couple hours later, the next day they find themselves in the same place. Mm -hmm. How can we like not do that? (laughs) Yeah, that's exactly it. It is about self-love. And the, the first thing is to not, not judge yourself for judging yourself, right? I think so often we we do judge ourselves and we should all of ourselves and we say, I should do this, I should do that, and I should be farther along, I've been doing this. And so the amount of blame and shame that we're putting on ourselves is the most biggest barrier and the detrimental part of, of moving forward. So if we can first just look at the energetic space that we're in, and I, I know because I, I was in that space where I was depressed and I couldn't see past even my own kind of dark that I was in. And for me in that space, it became about the moment. And in the moment, I do not have control over what's going on up there, but I have control over my inner world right now in this moment. And so how do I want to feel? And I recognized that the, the journey of really choosing self-love is a choice and committing to self-love looks like returning to the moment. And so in this moment, how can I show myself more love? That becomes the question. You can journal on it, you can meditate on it, and then you start to get in touch. So when you're comparing yourself to that relationship where you're feeling like I'm so in a place where I don't understand why this is happening, I've lost my job, I, my boyfriend just broke up with me or whatever you're going through, there's so much happening right now, but a lot of it's outside. It's outside of us. And as A Course in Miracle talks about, it says our outside world is a reflection of our internal state. And so what we want to do is return. And this is why the self-love experiment is about the inner journey that we take to our true self. It's the inner journey to know that you are worthy of love. So there's a lot of things that you can do, but in the moment, say, what can I do to show myself more love? And one of the principles that is probably one of my favorites of the self-love experiment is it's not how you look but how you feel that matters most. Mm -hmm. And so often we want our life to look Instagram perfect. We want our life to feel like that perfect relationship and that wonderful thing, but no one's life does. No one's life does. And so we start to see that we're human. And in this glorious human experience, it's messy. It's it's kind of uh, sticky. And we don't know all the time what's going to happen. Right now, 2020 is a big year of uncertainty. And so we're being asked on a conscious level, on a collective level, on a soul level, 
to go inward, even with lockdowns that have happened and are happening again around the world. It's this time of inner truth that is begging to be realized. And so we, we see our light within, which is we are worthy of love. We are worthy of seeing our true self, which is a beautiful, beautiful spirit here to explore life, right? And we take off that pressure that we're not where we should be. We're not supposed to be, you know, working so hard. It's really about allowing yourself to be who you are. And that starts to become your expression. Yeah, and like, just like you said, and like we talked about before this conversation, like our outside world is a reflection of our inside world. So even something like quarantine or staying at home, like maybe that is a huge call slap in the face (laughs) however you want to see it something pushing you a kick in the ass there that's what I was looking for yes (laughs) something pushing us to look inward to spend the most time with the people we live with for whatever reason whether we like it in the moment or not but I was telling you uh, something personal before we started recording about how some of our biggest teachers are the people that we don't necessarily get along with. <laughs> they they don't agree with us or they fucked us over for me. I was telling you about my ex who like really fucked me over. And yesterday I saw something on his Instagram that like really opened my eyes. Um, and I resisted it. I was like, no, he can't be the one to show me this. I can't yes. agree with him. But once I surrendered to that experience of like, it's unpleasant, <laughs> but it's here to teach me something <laughs> that opened up a lot of doors for me and gave me a lot more inner peace. That's exactly it. Uh, it's so beautiful because I believe that all of us, especially here in America right now, we are living through some of the most turbulent times, the most divided landscape we've ever seen. But what you just did and experienced and shared is my wish for every single human to be able to suspend our own beliefs, open our heart and trust and see other people, not for how they're different, but how they're alike. And that is the shift that can happen for all of us. It's about oneness and it leads, that's what's, that is the ultimate form of self-love, what you just described. It's knowing that you are comfortable with who you are, that you are not threatened by someone else's belief that might be different. And you nailed it, our greatest teachers. And this is what we can see. I'm seeing a lot of attacking of others, people saying, because you voted for that person or you're voting a different way I am, that you're wrong, I'm right. And It's really not just about politics, but even the coronavirus, how people see this whole experience this year. Everyone's got their own beliefs. If we recognize everyone has their own journey, but we can listen to each other instead of putting our beliefs onto them, which is what you could have easily done. Maybe at another point in your life before you had self-love, you would have said, no, I'm right. And you would have just kept putting this person in the anger part of your brain. But instead, your self-love extended out to them as a human being. We are all here together as brothers and sisters, and we are all here on this journey. So rising to the occasion with love is how we move forward. And I love that you shared that story. I definitely believe that our greatest teachers are the people we don't understand, the people we don't like, whether it's a politician, whether it's a boss, whether it's an ex-boyfriend or girlfriend. Yeah, and I was I was definitely triggered at first, but I think your first reaction is almost not 
as important or it doesn't have to be as important as your second one. Yeah. You know, what's interesting because we were talking about it and you said you went to bed and then you had almost this osmosis, this kind of transcendent experience because you woke up feeling so much peace. There was a shift that happened. And I think that that shift is what we can all, that's what we all truly want. Nobody wants to feel like they're in, in pain or separate. Nobody really wants to feel angry. It's not a feeling. We don't like fear. Or we don't want to feel this. Mm-hmm. You allowed yourself to be who you really are. All of us are this love, this peace, this, this serenity. You gave yourself permission to be that. That's the ultimate form of self-love. Yeah, for sure. And it's, you mentioned it, it all comes from the same place. Like if we have love for ourselves, then we have love for others and vice versa. Um, and because it's just, it's not like there's two separate love tanks like right right love, right <laughs> totally <laughs> yes you're all pulling from the love <laughs> i love that love tanks that's exactly it and it's not to say so this isn't about i'm seeing so much separation out in the world right now so it's not necessarily saying like oh they're bad it's nothing like that it's just once you understand that love is the way forward love is the answer love is all we truly have then it starts to become easier. And what we all want is a little more grace, a little more ease in life. So it's about meeting people where they are and just continuing to be the love because then you become the lighthouse. And that's what you did. Uh, You've become the lighthouse because your self-love is so strong. Thank you. Mm -hmm. For me, I, I wouldn't be able to do what I do without this journey because, yeah, I just think that if I wasn't able to, like, social media is a scary place. (laughs) And if I didn't have just that, I don't know, those little mental reminders about how needed this message is, not despite the haters, but because of them. Um, And the same thing, that's what really gives me the, almost the fuel to take action. So for me, like, it's not about like, oh, I'm just going to be this Zen monk. For me, it's like, I really have to have that love for myself so that I can take committed action so that I can speak up for people who don't, who don't have that privilege or that power. So I can, so I can do things. Does that make sense? I don't, I feel like I just rambled. I think that's exactly it. I think it's about tapping into a place within you that is, is connected to your core values and connected to being of service and helping others. Cause Ultimately, that you really, you touched around and nailed it at the same time because so many of us feel that self-love is selfish and that's why we have to actually avoid it. So many, especially during a year like this, like how dare I show up for myself when, when there's so much trauma and, and so much happening to other people or myself, but the self-love is the elixir is the actual, f- it's, it's, I have a mentor, um, James Martin Peebles, who, who, he works with Summer Bacon and he, he says self-love is not selfish. It's, it's self-fulfilling. It's sanity is what I like to add, because when you have that self-love, you realize it's not about you at all, but it's 100% about you because it's your own journey to see that you matter and you are love and light in the world. It's about once you have that love, you become more of an expression to help others. My favorite quote in the whole entire book of the self-love experiment is, well, butcher it a little bit <laughs> because it's been a couple of years since I wrote the book, but it's the idea of when I realized that by me loving myself, I was not only helping the world, 
but doing my part to save it because that's one less person hating themselves. That's one less person putting negativity out in the world. Even if it's negativity in my brain, everything's energy of putting it out in the world. And so by loving myself, it is the greatest act that I can do to help the world. And I think if we start to realize that by loving ourselves, we're actually reducing the hate, pain, and suffering in the world, then by all means, sign me up. Like, let's do this, you know? Sorry, I was yeah. mute. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> my dog tends to snore, so I'm ah, I love that. Uh, <laughs> Mine too. <laughs> <laughs> that is um, exactly what kept me going. Um, because personally, I think I'm, I have like, in the Enneagram, if anybody does Enneagrams, but I'm definitely like the helper. I think that was my number third. So it's not the main one, but it definitely matters to me to help other people. And that was kind of a way that I was able to reframe that belief that self-love is selfish and instead step into like, no, it's expansive. Like it's what allows you to help other people because you can't pour from an empty cup, something that I always say as a pun to Mary's company. I love Uh, that. Yes. Cheers. (laughs) Cheers. Cheers. I'm drinking out of a mug. (laughs) Yes. Giant mug. But yeah, it's, it's expansive and that's what helps me the most. And I feel like that resonates with a lot of people who are, you know, naturally or maybe conditioned to be like more nurturing and caring for other people and bending over backwards for everybody else besides themselves. It's like, if we can almost like, even though it's the truth, but I almost feel like it's a way to like trick ourselves. <laughs> yeah. The importance of it, like it works in that moment to get past the little hump. It's so true. And in my book, After the Self-Love Experiment, the book I wrote, Joy Seeker, there's a whole section that I call When Helping Hurts. And it's for the impasse, the caretakers, the people who are in service who are still putting others at the sa- ahead of themselves, at the sacrifice of ourselves. It's interesting because when we don't really allow our self-love to be a full expression within us, like there's, yeah, I love myself. Yeah, I can look in the mirror and say good things. Yeah, I'm doing pretty good. But then there's you embody that. You become that. You are a walking example of that. And that's the difference. And if you're not quite a walking example of that, and don't worry, like self-love is a journey. We keep showing up in the experiment. But what happens is we often help others at the sacrifice of self. And so we become, it manifests into so many things. It's actually called um, helping fatigue or where you, like as a life coach, the first couple years of my business, I was gaining a lot of weight. I started to have like these um, chronic headaches. I would also recognize that I was always showing up for my clients. If they would call like for an emergency session and I was supposed to go to the gym, I would cancel my own needs and show up for them, which is lovely, but it wasn't being of the highest service for anyone. So boundaries become really important. And boundaries are something that a lot of us don't have when we care so much about others. We put their needs first, especially as a mother listening or someone who is a caretaker. How how dare I show up for myself when I have other people who depend on me fully? It's about understanding the balance. And that's what we're talking about. When you show up to these experiences with self-love, you become self-full and you're able to help help them in, in a more organic, beautiful way. And you really come to the process more grounded and fulfilled, which is really what helps them. Like you said, you're not half cup or empty. It's like a gas tank. You need to be full. Be full on your love. If you're low, you can't really help. 
Yeah. Oh, exactly. I was, I, I follow this woman. Her name is Rachel Rogers and she teaches a woman, specifically black woman, how to build businesses. And she has, I think four kids, three or four, but I want to say four. And somebody asked her, I think on a live or whatever, where it was like, how do you manage like being a mom and running like a multi seven figure empire and helping so many people? And she said something along the lines of like, my work time is non-negotiable. And some people say that like, oh, I'm putting my kids second after work. And she's like, no, I'm teaching my kids by example that I like my needs come first and that mom gets to have her focus time. And if you need something, you can go to dad. Like it doesn't always have to be to mom and that my work is important where it's it's so many things that as women, we haven't been taught to do. And she's teaching her kids the opposite. Yeah. And that's exactly it. I think we have the potential to be an example and that's what self-love is, whether the focus is on career or fitness or focusing on your nutrition, having these clear non-negotiables. It's the first thing I talk about with my clients when they come on. It's like, okay, let's let's get to the non-negotiables. What are you demanding for yourself and showing up for? Because that's the me matter list. And we start living from our truth, from this, I, this place of authenticity. And guess what? She is so fulfilled because she's getting her business rocking. She's helping other people. And then she's showing her, her children, her whole family, what's possible. That's what's truly... I get that question a lot too. The, um, the idea of, well, um, I don't want to sacrifice time with my children. You can build it in, right? You can, you can have a fulfilling life and, and work all of those together. Yeah. Yeah. And you deserve to, like you're worth that. Yep. That's truly what it comes back down to is knowing your worth, knowing that you are enough and knowing that most of the time when we don't allow ourselves to feel self-love, so we've gotten past the hurdle of, okay, I can get on board with thinking maybe it's not selfish, but then it gets to the next part, which is really the belief that we feel we're not enough. And mm-hmm. and that's what that's why I wrote the book, The Self-Love Experiment. I literally go through the experiment of realizing, oh my gosh, I'm more than enough. All of us. It's like that famous quote by Marianne Williamson. You're not afraid of who you're not, but you're afraid of who you really are. It's the light within you that is, I'm totally butchering the quote as I do often, but it's the light within you that is so magnificent and what we're truly afraid of. So shine your light. That's really what it's about. Yeah, I uh now I want that quote. I know <laughs> what you're talking about, and I want it. <laughs> Something like you're not afraid of you're not you're not actually afraid of like everything you're not. You're afraid of everything you could be. Is that what it is? Are you looking it up? I would love. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, I'm just gonna pull it up here. Yeah. I'll just type in famous quote by Marion Williamson. I'm sure it'll be the one that comes up. Okay. Um, well, something about the light, right? Yeah. But yes. um, Okay. Well, it's not coming up as much as I, as fast as I thought. So I love how we're just, I've never done this, by the way. I just looked up a quote. Oh, wait. Our deepest, I found it. Our deepest fear is not that we are not inadequate. Our deepest fear is that we are powerful beyond measure. Marianne Williamson from her, her book. So beautiful. Damn, we really butchered that. Yeah, that's pretty common. <laughs> we made it our own. That's what we did. Yeah, we got that <laughs> essence. But yeah, that's so true. It's like that fear of success is how is more comes up more often than like fear of failure itself. It's more like we're scared of like, are we worth it? 
the responsibility, like what, what will happen? What will people think of me if yeah. I... I talk about this too in, in Joy Seeker, the book after self-love experiment is what often happens is our life is going to change. And so we're actually not always prepared mentally, physically, emotionally, spiritually for living a life past our comfort zone. We've been so comfortable at the body weight we are or having the habits that we have or kind of leaning on that kind of belief system that really doesn't serve us. And so to relate it back to 2020 and 2021 and what we're going through, I believe right now from kind of a, a humanity perspective, we are shifting into a place where we're really being asked to look at what does not serve us. I mean, look how, how much the world is changing in front of our eyes. It is about, yes, what's going out in the world, but internally, so many people are either renewing vows or going through divorces now, or so many people are changing careers. Uh, so many people are like, it is time to write that book. I have an author mentorship that people are like, I need to write my book now. Now's the time. We're showing up for ourselves in such beautiful ways because we have to decide, I'm ready and willing to live my life in new ways. And that is truly the ultimate level of self-love that we all want to get to, where we say, you know what? I am willing and ready to go past my comfort zone because that old me is not serving me. I am done and I'm ready to evolve into the next level of me. And it's always going. There's a famous quote, of course, I don't know who said it, but it was, uh, if you are not growing, you are dying, you're dead. So the thought that we get there, I feel self-love and everything's great. Is, is really stopping us, the biggest barrier. What we want to do is allow ourselves to know that there's always going to be a next level, that every next level of you will demand a new version, which is an anonymous quote you see on Pinterest all the time. It's about really understanding the growth is the reward and the journey. Yeah, it reminds me of uh, something I said about, somebody else brought this up on the podcast and I said something like, it's kind of like a snake shedding its skin. And I don't remember who the guest was, but it was so funny. She's like, you mean a caterpillar turning into a butterfly? <laughs> well, both, right? Yeah, both. But it was so funny that mm -hmm. my mind instantly, and as you were talking, again, the snake came up in my, in my mind. Yep. Uh, to your point, there are spirit animals and snakes really represent, I know they scare a lot of people and they're kind of this like, you know, slithery thing, but they represent transformation. So it's interesting. Every time I'm going through a major transformation in my life, I'll be hiking and I'll see a snake or something because we have these outside experiences that will, will be our guides, spirit guides. I love uh, animal spirits. So the fact that you see that is very relevant, but I do believe we are all caterpillars right now. Did you know that a caterpillar, eat, I just learned this the other day and it blew my mind. And every time I tell someone, they're like, yeah, yeah, that's pretty common knowledge. But they eat like 800 times, 300 times their weight before they kind of cocoon. Imagine this cute little chubby, cute, fuzzy thing ballooning up. So many people right now are like going binge eating because there's so much uncertainty and, and what's happening collectively. Because emotionally, we're taking this on. A caterpillar will do that. It's almost like it self-destructs. It goes in. It thinks it's dying. It doesn't know that there is light on the other side. It doesn't know that there's beautiful wings that will come out. Same thing, the, sh the snake shedding its skin. It knows it's shedding it. It's like, thank goodness, I'm lighter now, lighter energetically. So we, too, have these same processes, these same experiences, just in a different way. Yeah, for sure. That really resonates. 2020 is a big year for all of us. It's a year um, of transformation and inner and outer growth. Yeah, I can't wait um, until like a few years or even next year when 
people like kind of the spiritual people analyze what happened in 2020 and how it unfolds. I'm really looking forward to reading up on that. Um, yeah. Before we farewell, I just wanted to ask one question that came up as I'm speaking to you because I feel like you embody this, but what's been bringing you the most joy lately? Wow, that's such a beautiful question because I, I really believe that joy isn't so much outside of ourselves, but it's an expression we allow. And I, I wrote a whole book about joy and how to seek it. And I thought it was in the experiences, the next goal, the next bucket list checked off. But I'm in a place now where what brings me the most joy is the experience of life. I think we have a choice right now and always to look at life and wake up and say, oh, the numbers are climbing. Oh, who's going to be president? What's going on? Right? Depending on when this is released, we already know the president. (laughs) And all of this doom and gloom, earthquakes, look at what's happening. Or we can say, I am here to be a conscious creator and I'm choosing to be love and I'm choosing to be peace. And so the joy for me is to see life as a creative, abundant, magnificent adventure. Right now, I am not attaching myself to anything outside of myself, but instead I'm fully letting love lead me. And that is the greatest joy because it extends out into everything. Like I am so in love with life. I'm so in love with, with everything that is available to us. And so that's a beautiful place to be. And we all have the opportunity to get there. Yeah. The ups and downs. Mm-hmm. That's exactly all it. Together. Yeah. Yeah. And like, you know, one of the principles in your book is that things happen for us, not necessarily to us. Exactly uh, so we always have something to learn and grow, some way to grow from it for sure. Yeah, let's apply that to the world is not out to attack us right now. And it can very easily look like that with all the things happening and the unrest. And But truthfully, the way the universe works and the laws of the universe, it is about personal growth opportunity for all of us. And so if it's happening to us, then that's a gift. Life is a gift. And that's a beautiful place to be because you start to see that all of us are together on this journey and we can choose love for each other and for ourselves. Mm, I love that. Such a perfect place to end. Yeah. Uh, where can we find you, work with you, follow you? Yeah. So my books, of course, are available, Shannon Kaiser, on any of the um, book sites or bookstores. And then my website is playwiththeworld.com. If you want to take a quiz and discover your true calling, that is a free opportunity, a very robust quiz that helps you get a robust kind of outline. So, and then of course on social media, on Facebook or Instagram, it's Shannon, K-A-I-S-E-R, writes with my author page, W-R-I-T, yes. And I'm always posting content to help you align and awaken to your true self, which is the love and light that you are. I love that. I did the quiz a couple of days ago, by the way. It's super extensive. It's so extensive because yeah. I was thinking like, like I was thinking what I needed when I didn't know my life purpose and I just started creating it. So what was your, do you remember your results? Oh, I was going to ask you, did you take your own quiz? Cause I wanted to tell you mine. Yes, I did. I definitely took it multiple times because I wanted to test it and I knew I'd be between two of them. So there's the first one, which is the, um, well, the conscious creator, which is the writer, the artist, and then the inspirational um, thought leader. That one was mine. (laughs) Yeah, that makes sense. That's it. (laughs) Yeah. Thank you so much, Shannon. What a beautiful, much needed conversation. So timely. I so appreciate you being here and serving our listeners. And thank you for everything you've done for my personal self-love journey. 
too. Thank you. It's so great to be here. And I can't wait to um, see the self-love journey unfold for all of us. Thank you so much. Bye, everybody.